I know mostly a lot of you are excited about the NBA Finals. And um, I know there's a lot of excitement about that. And I know a lot of you are, are excited that the Cavs have come from 3-1 down to bring it back to 3-all against the Golden State Warriors. And I know a lot of you are excited they're going to be in a Game 7 tomorrow. And the Cleveland has an opportunity to win its first championship in 52 years. And I know, I know how many you are excited about it, but that's not why I'm excited today, okay? I know that's what a lot of you are thinking about, and a lot of people have been saying, can we get this going on the prayer circles or what? But listen, it's, it's just a game, people, all right? So don't, don't get too overboard on those things. But uh, no, I, I really am ex- I'm excited this morning. Uh, if you don't, my name's Dean, and I'm originally from the Cleveland area. And so, uh, but, but this morning, I, I'm so excited, actually, about this series we're in right now, Imagine. And I really, I've been, in, I've been so excited all week, looking forward to, to speaking with you today. Uh, because we are in this, if you weren't here last week, uh, we are in this time, uh, you, you heard Pastor Phil mention this a few minutes ago, kind of, of of lifting up our eyes and looking out into the future and just kind of dreaming with God together uh, over this kind of four-week time as we approach our, our 40th birthday. We're, we're just kind of asking God, would you help us to start to look to the future and see it the way you see it, and imagine it the way you imagine it, and dream the dreams that you have for us, and know that no matter what we imagine, uh, he's able to do immeasurably more than all we can imagine. And so we're spending time just looking out into the future saying, you know, God, what, 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 what do you want uh, kind of for us? What do you want us to lean into as we look to the future? As we think even, you know, five, ten, you know, maybe beyond that. But if we even just think about sort of ten years, over the next ten years, God, uh, what so often we think, you know, of what's right in front of us. But Lord, if we think even ten years, what are some of the things that you want us to press toward? And uh, so we kind of started with, this is a little bit of our snapshot I'll give you today of what we feel like. Uh, I mentioned this last week. We're unpacking this kind of through the whole series. This is our working language for where we've been praying and seeking and feeling like this is where God is calling us, leading us as a community together. And here's our, here's our little snapshot. That over the next 10 years, we will be part of a renewal movement of God as we passionately pursue His presence. The next 10 years, we want to be part of a renewal movement. We want to see new life flowing uh, from God through his people and out into this world. And we want to see that in a, in a dynamic way. And, and, and we're gonna, we'll unpack that one a little bit more next week. Today, though, we're going to talk about this second piece of this. That we believe what God wants is for us to be a people, you know, maybe almost as never before, who passionately pursue his presence. We're going to talk about the presence of God today, and we're just going to start to wrap our minds a little bit around uh, what, what does this look like? When we talk about being a people who are pursuing the presence of God, what does that mean? What does that look like? And why, why maybe is it so important? Why, why is this perhaps so important to God for us and what he wants uniquely for us? And the, and the whole, you know, kind of bigger picture of the body of Christ, we believe this is something God is asking us to make kind of one of our one of our, uh, this is what we look like as a piece uh, of that bigger puzzle, if you will. So we're going we're gonna to start today by looking at, at, a, at a passage that speaks into this. In fact, we're going to look at 
some verses that God actually, I, I believe, has been speaking to our, our church about over the last really year, year and a half, almost two years now. Uh, these were verses that God, through different people and in different ways, has just kind of brought to, the, to the, the forefront and really spoken in some quite unique ways out of these verses uh, for us uh, as a people. And so I'm going to read those to you. We're going to start uh, this morning, Exodus chapter 33, Exodus chapter 33. And what's happening here, just before we dive in, what's happening here is uh, God has called Moses. Uh, he spoke to him, tells him he's going to deliver his people out of Egypt. Moses has been doing these incredible signs, wonders from God, all these things, delivering God's people from slavery in Egypt. And, and God has, you know, promised them a place where they're going to go to, this land that he's going to give to them. And they're starting to make their way. And uh, God has spoken to them about what it's going to look like to be his people. Uh, Moses has been up on, on Mount Sinai meeting with God. Uh, the people all kind of turn away from God. Everything goes a bit pear-shaped. Uh, God's kind of now restoring that, bringing it back together. And they're getting ready to now start moving again, to start moving towards the future that God has for them, the, the land that he's promised to them. And Moses is going to say this as they're starting to look at what this will, will be like. Verse 15 says, Moses said to him, to God, if your presence does not go with us, then do not send us up from here. How will anyone know? I love this question here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me? This is Moses. You are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. What else? This is a great, great question. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. I love this question because this is a moment where it's like, Moses is saying to God, you know, they are getting ready to kind of move towards their future. They're going to go into this land. But God has been actually saying, you know, I... I I'm going to send someone ahead of you. I'll send a messenger ahead of you. It's almost like God saying to him, look, I'm, I'm, and he actually has said to him, I'm still going to give you this land. Some of the promises are there. But God has actually been talking to Moses about uh, almost dialing down his presence among them in a way of actually, you know, sort of not going with them quite in his tangible form as he was going to because of what's gone wrong. And God is actually uh, saying, you know what, actually if I go with you, it may end up being bad for the people because they're, you know, it, when people who are kind of evil and sinful, if you come too close to God, then you, you can't handle it. And, and, and God's just like, I might destroy these people. I might, like, they're, it's just not for their own benefit. I almost need to withdraw myself a little bit. But Moses is going to say to him, but God, if we're going to go, if we're going to go into the future you have for us, he's like, God, how else? How else will, you know, will we be able to step into that future unless your presence goes with us? What else? And Moses is like, you know what, God, don't send us from here. Don't even send us forward unless your presence is going to go with us. What else, he says, will distinguish us? It's like Moses just knows this is what is to distinguish us as the people of God, is the presence of God in their midst. I love that it's kind of like, you know, Moses just says, you know, I don't even want to go. I'd, I'd rather not go. If, you know, and God tells him, this is a good land. I'm going to send you a land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's a good place. I got a good future for you. Moses is like, look, it might be good land. It might be a, a good place. But God, if your presence isn't coming with us, then don't send us. 
And, and I love this. I, I, this passage, one of the things that I, I really believe God wants to speak to us out of it, and one of the reasons I think he's, as we lift up our eyes and look to the future, I think one of the reasons God wants us to grab hold of this is because I believe this is what God wants to distinguish us as a community of people, that we are known by the presence of God in our midst. And we're going to unpack a little bit of what that looks like, but I believe that that is what is meant to distinguish us. You know, there are lots of things that any other community organization in this world, if you will, can supply that that a church can supply. When we think about friendships, relationships, community, even relieving some of the needs we see around us. There are all kinds of things various types of groups and communities of people can do and achieve, but there's one thing that only uniquely happens in and through the church, and that is that we are called to be distinguished by a place where the presence of God is in our midst. And I think as we look to the future, as we look at some of the things we're going to do even later this year, as we open up new facilities in Meroe that are incredible. It's an incredible uh, facilities and things, what God is, is doing and what we're going to step into there. It, it's amazing. And you know what? I meet people all the time who, when they hear, oh, you're from True North. Are you guys doing the, 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 you know, those, those buildings on the block of, you know, Janolan Way? Wow, that's amazing. They look incredible. That's going to be amazing. And right now, some, what some people are starting to know us by. I meet people all the time. I met somebody while we were on holidays down south and, and tell them we're at the church uh, and they lived in Molu and, oh, we're right across the IGA shops. Oh, that's you. You're the church who's there. So Sometimes we can be distinguished by, known by just even our location or our buildings or our programs or our facility or whatever this is. But I think God wants us to really wrap our minds around this. He wants the one thing that when people think of True North Church, they think that is a place where you meet the living God. His presence is in that place and in those people. And this is why I think this president, you know, it is, it is a huge deal that we need to become, in ways we just maybe ever haven't before, focused on, as ways we haven't before, on being a people who pursue the presence of God. You see, there's, as we think about the presence of God, here's something I think is kind of helpful and important to wrap your mind around. There is the presence of God uh, is almost like, it's almost like there's a continuum of what it's like to experience the presence of God. You see, any, if you've been around church for any amount of time, one of the things you'll know, the, the picture the Bible gives us and what we believe is that God is present everywhere and at all times in this world. He made the whole world. He sustains the whole world. You could go to the bottom of the ocean. You can go to the top of the mountain. There is nowhere you can go and you will be sort of God is not here. God is present everywhere at all times in this world. That is what we might call his general presence in this world. But, and, and even the people of Israel, as they were going to go forward, it wasn't that God was going to completely abandon them. It wasn't that they would be completely, now they'd go into this land and God would not be present. No, what, but what Moses is saying is I want what we might call on the other end of that spectrum, what we might call the intensified presence of God. Now God is generally present everywhere in this world, but there are times and spaces and moments, and you've probably experienced them perhaps even in your life, when you have an encounter with the presence of God that is unique, of which there's a greater intensity. Uh, Moses, when he was, uh, we see that he was talking to God as, 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 a, as a man, 
you know, speaks to a, to a friend. There was an intensity to the presence of God. God wasn't just present sort of generally to Moses. There was this incredible, you know, Moses first encountered God in a burning bush. God was still present in all kinds of places, but his presence was intensified in that moment. Does that make sense? And when I say that I think God wants us to be a people who pursue his presence, it's about realizing that we are called to be a people. God is present everywhere, but we as his people who get to know him by name and are given his spirit, to be a people who pursue his, his presence in greater and greater measures and, and intensity. Do you know, it, it's possible to be in God's presence and be completely unaware of it. You know, last night I was at a, a, a birthday party, a 40th birthday party. I'm practicing. So I've, I've told people, if you're turning 40, uh, invite me to your party, because we're going to have one as a church. I want to see how this works. So I was at a, at a 40th birthday party, and, and, and there was some, a lot of people there I hadn't seen in, in some time. I, I went into the party, and, and I was uh, standing kind of next to a group of people. It was a 90s dress-up party. It was a 90s kind of theme party. Uh, and most of, I think it's not a bad idea. Maybe 90s for the 40th? What do you think? That, uh, I like that. But uh, as most of my staff will say, they believe I'm stuck in the 90s. So that makes sense. But, uh, uh, but you know, so I was standing next to a group of people. And then one of them kind of turned to me and said, Dean. And I said, ah. Oh. And now as I looked and actually saw who I was kind of just near, I, I realized it was someone I knew. And so I said, hey, mate, you know. And so I'm no, just kidding. I, you know how that works. But actually, I, I you know, I did. Did actually remember his name. I was like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't realize you were there. You know, he was dressed, you know, like in a grunge band from the early 90s. He went kind of that direction. And, uh, but, you know, this thing, you can be around someone, but if you don't turn your attention, you sometimes don't realize whose presence you're in. When we become a people who pursue the presence of God, a big part of this is about becoming attentive to the presence of God. God's present here, now, and I believe in a more intense way than almost anywhere else you'll be this week, because all of us have come here with one, for one reason, to meet with him. We've all come here to worship him, to honor him. You may be someone who doesn't really come to church. You just came because somebody dragged you here, but you don't realize this. This is a place where uh, we have unique opportunity each week to encounter the presence of God. That's why we set this time aside. So when we talk about pursuing the presence of God, a big part of this is about learning to become attentive to God. And, and this is where you realize as well, in your day, in, in your, your, your Monday to Saturday, God is not only, again, present only here. He's present with you at work. He's present with you in your play. He's present with you when you're at home. The great challenge of life is learning to become attuned and attentive to the presence of God in our lives. You see, Moses, you know, I think one of the, the things we see about Moses was he was someone who passionately, if we're going to use that kind of language, pursued the presence of God. This was something that was, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a part of his life, was to want to know God. In fact, I want to, I want to back up, and, and I want you to see a little bit. We're going to see a little bit of what this looked like, this kind of pursuit of the presence of God, what this looked like in Moses' life, because I think it gives us some snapshots how it can look in ours and for us as a community. Beginning of this chapter, before the conversation that we just heard, uh, if we go back, watch, watch what it talks about, just kind of what this used to look like for Moses. It says in uh, 33 verse 7, it's a little bit early in the chapter, now Moses, this is what he used to do, he used to take a tent, and he would pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, and calling it the tent of meeting. 
Anyone inquiring of the Lord who wanted to go meet with them, speak with them, they would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. There was this sense of this is where you go to meet with God. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents. They got this was a big deal. And they were watching Moses until he entered the tent. And as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. This is the intensified presence of God in this time. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. And the Lord He would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. What a beautiful, beautiful sentence. Wouldn't you love that to be said of you? You know what? The Lord spoke with him face to face as one speaks to a friend. And then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Here's Moses. I love what you see here. Is that he would, with great intentionality... Go to meet with God. He would go to the tent of meeting. This was the place where he would meet with God. And, 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 and he, there was an intentionality that he would go there. I, I think one of the things that we see, and we live in a different time, in a different era, we would say we live in a, under a different covenant of how we relate to God. This is the old covenant where only Moses seemed to have this opportunity to, to, to meet with God face to face. While in the New Testament, we, but we, we come to understand actually through Christ, all of us have the way opened up to have the same kind of connection that once upon a time only Moses did. But Moses was intentional. Get this. He was intentional about pursuing the presence of God. He would go to meet with God. And while he was there, and, and I think this, I, I think this is, this is true to a degree. And why is one of the reasons why I think this is a big deal for us as a church as we go forward. Is that our intention, to some degree, will impact on the intensity of how we experience the presence of God. If the presence of God is on a continuum, from God is generally present everywhere. So there are, I mean, Moses was here, it's incredible. He would go meet in a tent and a pillar, the cloud would come, all these things. You know what? It, it, the intentionality to actually pursue God in large degrees impacts on the intensity of how we know him. It, it's a little bit like that friend who if I don't even pay any attention, I could have been in his presence and never realized that once I was alerted that he was there, we could engage in a conversation and talk and actually connect and speak with my friend in that moment face to face. Now, what is true, I think, of us and God is are we, do we intentionally turn our attention to God, realize and believe that he is there and that he wants to meet with us face to face? To speak with us as a friend speaks to a friend. I think for many of us, it, you know, we can end up having a bit of a Facebook friendship with God. You know, I was chatting with somebody the other day, and, and, and they were saying, hey, I work with someone who knows you. I used to know them, and I uh, started working with them. I'm like, oh, you know, how is he? How is he going? They said, oh, he got, he got married a couple years ago. I'm like, oh, he got married. I'm like, I thought that was probably true. I feel like I'd heard that, maybe saw it on Facebook. I saw a photo or something. And we started having this conversation about, it's so funny. You have all these sort of loose facts in, in our world and social media about different people in your life. 
people that you still have this incredibly thin connection to, and you know a little bit about their life. I remember here, and I think Facebook is best described as sort of like life support for, for friendships. It probably should have just been laid to rest a while ago, you know? And somehow you stay loosely connected and know a little bit, and those were friends, me and you, and seven, eight hundred other people. And, but the, the point is not that any of that's bad, but the point is this. We can end up having these friendships where we have sort of a loose assortment of facts about a person. But that's not friendship. That's not face-to-face. That's not what it looks like as a friend speaks to a friend. When a friend speaks to a friend, you're not just sort of, hey, you know, getting facts from a distance. But I think sometimes we have this. We can, if we are not intentional, intentional about pursuing the presence of God, we can wind up with a loose assortment of facts about God. We got a lot of knowledge about him, and we've got very little face-to-face as a friend speaks to a friend. We can, we can come into a service like this and go, look at some of the interesting things I learned from the book of Exodus. Or we can come into spaces like this, and I hope you listen with one ear to what I may be saying, but with that other ear that's listening to, Lord, what would you say to me in this moment? That's face-to-face conversation. It's about learning to be attentive that he wants to connect with each one of us. So I, I think it's this pursuit of the presence of God is about realizing that to some degree, uh, we, how we relate to God will be impacted by our intention. Are we actually pursuing him? Anyone who, uh, you know, wants to come to God must first believe he's real, that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, this is, this is what the Bible teaches. So I think we've got to become a, a people who are more and more intentional uh, about just pursuing uh, this connection with God, this face-to-face. You know, because here's what happens. Here's what happens. Uh, Moses, he's so bold with God. He meets with them. And, and even in the, the conversation we heard earlier, Moses is like, please, God, if you're not going to come with us, don't even send us. He's very bold in the way he speaks with God. He speaks like friend to a friend himself to God as well. And and just after this part we've read here is actually where Moses goes so far as to say to God, now show me your glory. He wants to actually see God. And, and, And Moses, he's just, he is so passionate about this and he's seeking, he wants more. He's always wanting to see more of who God is. And God ends up saying to Moses, look, I know you want to Basically, you, you know, you want to see my face, but you can't even handle it. God's like, I'm so, so big, great, glorious, awesome, all, all these things. You just, you can't handle it. So God takes Moses, and this is quite mysterious, and he, he puts him in a rock, and it says that he passes before him and pronounces his name, and all Moses can see is just God's back. And, and it's almost like, you know, there's only so much of us we can take of God, and God gives us what, what we can handle. But what happens is Moses is on this uh, mountain in another incredible experience in the intensified presence of God. And God speaks to him and he, and he kind of rewrites uh, some of the laws and commandments and the tablets that Moses had broken. He's got this incredible experience with God. But what I want to just take us to is what happens when Moses leaves this intensified experience in the presence of God. Look, look what happens when he comes down from the mountain. At the end of uh, chapter 33, uh, at the end, towards the end of chapter 34 of Exodus, it says, When Moses came down, verse 29, from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. 
When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant. It's like it was glowing. It's like it was lit up. His face was radiant. And they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders are like, well, you can't even come near. Moses like, come on, come on. And all the leaders of the community, they came back to him and he spoke to them. It says in verse uh, 32, Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. He's like, here's everything God said to me. I'm going to pass it on, explain it to you. And when Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. His face was so radiant, so glowing, he had to cover it up with a veil. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil. Because Moses, as we know, speaks with God face to face. And he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and he told the Israelites what had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Whenever he go and meet with God in his presence, his face would be radiant. And then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Here's what I want you to just see here. Do you know, this is just, I mean, this is, this is an amazing uh, reality. You know, it's like Moses goes into the presence of God, and as he encounters God in the goodness and the glory and the light of who God is, it just makes his whole face shine with that goodness of God. It's just like, this is, this is the rhythm of how I think it's kind of supposed to work. As we pursue intentionally the intensified presence of God, as we come draw near to him face to face, as a friend speaks to a friend, as we spend time in his presence, it affects us. It changes us. We begin to reflect and radiate the goodness and light and glory of God. You know, in our neighborhood where I live, there's some new pathways that go through different places, and they've got... In them, if you've seen these, probably somewhere, the solar lights that are just built right into the sidewalk and footpaths. And Levi, my five-year-old, he was asking one day, you know, how does that, how do these things work? Is there a battery under there? And I was like, no, it's, they're solar. You know, and I explained to him solar power because I know exactly how solar power works. You know, like, like any of us really do, you know. But I told him, you know, no, no, they're solar. They just sit there. And you know what? The sun, it shines on them all day. And all that light and all that energy and all that heat of the sun, it hits it. And then I explained the reactions that take place. And I said, and it all hits it. And I explained how the wires connect. And I said, it all hits it. And then when night comes, it just takes all that energy and light and it just shines it back up. This is what it's like. We are meant to be presence-powered people. We are meant to be. We go into the presence of God. We, we stare. We meet with him face to face. We talk as a friend speaks to a friend. We don't just know about him from a distance. We enter and pursue his presence. And it shines on us. And we absorb his light and his goodness and all these things. And then we step back out into the world. And we step back out into our week. And we step back out into our families and our workplaces. And now we radiate the light and the glory and the goodness of God. This is so different. So different than being a people who, if we just kind of understood, uh, if we had all the facts about who God is, if we could explain everything that there is to be explained in this world and even in the scripture, and we could explain it all the way, and we just know it all, and we've got all this knowledge, or, or we're just like, if we just follow these rules, that's what will get us there. No, this is such a different approach. But the picture, even from the Old Testament on, is that we are to be a people who God wants to know us. And as we spend time in his presence, pursue it, not half-heartedly, but with passion and earnest and intentionality, we absorb 
something of his goodness and light and we shine it back out in this world. And for us who live in the New Testament time, after Christ, who've been given now the Spirit of God who makes his home in us. Watch this in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 that speaks back to this. This is kind of that summary picture for us. And we all, we all, Paul's saying all of us now who've put our faith in Christ, who no longer live according to the old covenant, but he's saying it according to the new covenant that is by the Spirit rather than the, the letter. He says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. This is what happens. We are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And this is that picture that we, we are to have unveiled faces. There is nothing that now separates us from God and from his presence. We've been given his very spirit and we are to contemplate him. This word, it's actually speaking almost like the idea of looking into a mirror. And it's almost like the, it's this picture here that it's like we just, we look into God. We contemplate. We just, we marvel at his, his goodness. And the more we stare at him, the more we look at him, the more we just enjoy him, the more time we just spend pursuing intentionally his presence in our lives, we are transformed with ever increasing glory. We will be transformed into new people, not by knowing more about God, but by knowing more of God. That is the picture that we see in Moses. That is what we see in 2 Corinthians as Paul reflects back on this. And I believe this is, and this is why, this is why I believe God is just saying to us, you know what, True North Church, when I look into your future, you know what I, I want more than anything for this church is I want you to be a people who are passionately pursuing my presence, that we know the living God in our midst. And what is this, you know, what does this all look like? What does that mean? Uh, I, I don't, this isn't like, so now we just do X, Y, and Z, or we just kind of steps A, B, C, D, E, F. That is not the point of us. The point of all this is to say, but what, what if we started to make that a bit of, this is the direction we move. And we just begin to think, how do we, how do we begin to reallocate, you know, our energy, our time, our, our research? How do we begin to say that, you know what, one of the, pre, the preeminent thing we must focus ourselves on, if we're going to see the kind of renewal that God wants to see through our church and in this world, how do we begin to be a people who so passionately pursue his presence, so we're so transformed by him, so that his light and goodness shines so much on us that we go out into this world and we just reflect it in every way and in every sphere of society? What would that look like? You know, can you imagine how this might change what our gatherings look like? You know, can you imagine how this would change when we gather on, on a Sunday to know that, you know what, it's not going to be about, I hope I, I think we have so, sometimes such an educational bias in, in, uh, in the church in general today. You know, well, if I didn't learn something new or I didn't take something away, we missed it. And instead, if we saw our gatherings are about moments where we come together in the presence of God. And there is something unique and special that happens when we worship him, when we say, God, we're just going to just try and gaze on your beauty, on your goodness, on all these things. Imagine how this would change our, our, our small group gatherings, our connect group gatherings. That, that we were, weren't thinking, what's the next, you know, kind of book we could study or, or curriculum we could do, but rather going, when two or more are gathered, Jesus says, I'm there in your midst. 
It's this reminder that, yes, is Jesus not with you when you're alone? No, of course he is. But there is an intensity that begins to happen when his people gather. You know, we, one of the reasons we've talked about actually wanting to do communion more and more in our small group environments is because we, we, don't, we want people to realize this is a moment where you're gathering in God's presence. It's not just, hey, we'll get together and if we tick a few things off a list, it's an opportunity. And when you begin to gather in God's presence in these small communities around the table where he wants to meet with us, something incredible happens. And you're reminded. Imagine if every small group you went to in your, your connect group, whether there was an actual table or it's a coffee table, you put the bread and the juice just like you see here. And you remember that whenever we gather, Jesus is here in our midst. This is no ordinary gathering. How would that change the way we approach everything? And how would it change the way we need to think about how do we, how do we just focus our energies and attention as a church and help and just each one of us learn to pursue the presence of God more and more in our lives so that there is genuine connection. I've seen too many people fall away from God because they knew all the right answers, but at some point there was a disconnect. And because there was no vital relationship, knowing all the right stuff doesn't carry you through a lifetime of following Christ. God wants us to be face-to-face, friends, to speak as friends speak to friends. You don't turn your back on a friendship like that. What will it mean for us? Can you imagine, can you imagine if the one thing people, when they thought of True North Church, the one thing they always thought of was, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe everything they believe. I don't know uh, a lot about that place. But one thing I know is when you go there, it's almost like you meet with God. Do you know one of the reports I get, this one of my favorites to get, and I get this with a fair degree of regularity, as people will tell me whether they had someone here who doesn't normally come, a friend, a family, or, or whether it's someone who's new here, and, and they'll say to me, or the person will report to me, you know, my friend was here. And they, and they just said that the thing was, they, they just kept finding themselves crying throughout the service. And they didn't know why. And I've had this men, women, and they'll say, I, I, don't, I don't even know what that's about. And I say, that's because you're beginning to encounter God. And it's going way past your head. And there's something in your heart that just is starting to sense something of who he is. It's starting to sense his presence. There's a great sense of God's presence here already. I hear the reports all the time of how people encounter him. But I believe God wants us to pursue him with ever greater intentionality. You know, in just a moment, uh, we are going to take communion together. Uh, if you were here a couple, uh, I guess it's about a month ago now or so, we, we went through a series of church called The Table. And we're just reminded that, you know what Jesus wants for us? This is that friend to friend, face to face. He wants to meet us at the table. And he left us with this meal and he left us with the bread and the cup to remind us of his sacrifice and to remind us that he is here and present with us now. He wasn't just back then. He's here now. One of the things I did want to just mention as well, because I know I may not have explained this always clearly enough, but our, what we're planning to do as a, as a church now is we try to continue to pursue and, and live out what the table looked like for his early followers. We're celebrating it once a month when our whole church comes together, but we're encouraging people to 
do this in your small groups. Do this in your connect group. Do this around actual tables because something amazing. Can you imagine? Here's one of the things I imagine. What would it be like if in every neighborhood across our communities, there was one of these Jesus meals happening in homes? Walking distance from every person where Jesus' followers were gathering around a table and they were eating and they were taking the bread and the cup and they were recognizing that it's Jesus who brings us together and he's here now in our midst and everyone had a Jesus meal like that within walking distance of their home. Imagine what that would be like. I, I just, but, but all that's just to say what we do when we celebrate this meal is we recognize that Jesus is here now. And that because he went to the cross and because he rose again, there is no more veil that separates us from God. And because of Jesus, we can speak with God face to face as a friend speaks with a friend. Amen. Is that worth an amen? Like does that mean, I mean, we can speak with God face to face as a friend speaks to a friend. In these next few minutes, we're going to take the bread and the cup and you guys can come. You can bring those down. You'll, you'll see them there. And, and you can just come. You can tear a piece of the bread off. I encourage you, if you want to, to just tear a piece of the bread off. Maybe even tear off a big chunk and give it to some of the other people around you. This is a moment when we realize we all come together in Christ. And we are a community of people. We're not supposed to just be individuals who follow Jesus, but a community of people known as the, the people of God. And so I'm going to encourage you, you know, there's, there's bread there. You'll be able to just rip off a piece of that bread, tear a piece for yourself. If you've got family or friends you came with, take some bread, grab a chunk, go somewhere around the room if you want, eat it together, drink it together. Remember, Jesus is here. Now, you may want to come, you may want to take that and find a, a moment just to pray and to listen and say, Jesus, I thank you that you're here now. Is there anything you want to say to me in this moment? Maybe you want to take that and you want to just pray for our church. And this morning, pray, Jesus, would you help us to become more and more attuned, more and more attentive to your presence, to become more and more passionate and intentional and earnest about pursuing your presence, about knowing more of you, not just about you. And just pray because we're together. This is us. We're looking at the future, believing this is what God wants for us. So let's lean into it. Let's press into it. You may want somebody to just pray with you. Grab somebody nearby. You can grab, you'll see the pastors around. Love to pray with you if you need that. But we're going to have this next space of time to be exactly that. Just a, a chunk and a space of time where you can come. You can sit. You can pray where you are. You can come take the bread and the cup when you're ready. We're going to sing together. The band's going to come up. They're going to sing a, a song for us just to give us some time. To just go, wow, Jesus, you are here now. Speak to me more and more. May I draw near to you. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to have that time. We'll continue to sing together. This is a moment where we get to meet with God. Would you bow with me for a moment? Lord, we thank you that you are here right now. And Lord, I ask that even in these few moments, as we take the bread and the cup, reminded of your work on our behalf. I pray that, Lord, our hearts would, would be constantly, with an ever-increasingness to them, be transformed. That our faces would be ever-increasingly transformed into your likeness. That, Lord, we would move away from effort and striving and more and more into stepping into your presence and allowing you 
to pour out your light, your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your love into us. And that, Lord, we might step into this world as those who reflect and radiate your light. Would you meet with us now in these moments, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.